Welcome to the Whitewater Podcast. Stay tuned at the end of the message for church resources and more information about Whitewater. For now, let's dive into this week's message together. Welcome to Whitewater Church. If you've got kids, I want to encourage you to subscribe to our Whitewater Kids YouTube page. And if you're new, we want to connect with you. So just send us a message on any one of our social media platforms. We would love to connect. I wanted to let you know we had a service with a, an incredible story of transformation planned for this week. But in light of current events in our nation's capital, we've decided to push that service back two weeks. Now, we've decided instead of doing that service to really focus on a teaching, a, a Jesus-centered teaching on peacemaking. And this is a teaching we've shown a, a long time ago, but I think you'll find that in light of recent events, that it's infused with new meaning for today. Guys, I love you so much. Would you join me in, in just a, a prayer for our world and our nation right now? Heavenly Father, we need you right now. Would you bring your peace? Would you bring clarity and would you bring wisdom to leaders in our nation? Would you bring uh, a sense of, of clarity and, um, and knowledge and truth to Christians? Lord, may we be, maybe be centered on Jesus and follow his way of peacemaking and love and truth and justice in this world. And so, Heavenly Father, we need you so badly right now to unify our nation and bring your peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Whitewater friends and family, we are living in divided times, tense times. And the way the, the world is set up is just lines are being drawn, whether it's uh, on social media or in families, uh, churches, and in cities. And there has never been a more important time for Jesus' teachings. Jesus' teachings have never been more relevant than now. And so I want to talk about um, the way of Jesus and peacemaking. Check out this verse. Uh, Romans 12 says this, don't pay back anyone for their evil actions with more evil actions, but show respect for what everyone believes is good. Let me read that again. Show respect for what everyone believes is good. It might not be good, but what they believe is good. If possible, to the best of your ability, live at peace with all people. Don't be defeated by evil. That means, it doesn't mean that you're just a pushover. It doesn't mean that you just pretend like things aren't a problem and that you, and that you never speak up. That's not what this is saying. This is saying, don't be defeated, like take a, a stand, but in a peaceful and good way. So don't be defeated by evil, but defeat evil with good. Turn evil into good through good. And this is a really important concept. The, the author of this scripture is Paul, and he understands the way of Jesus. He understands uh, the, the religious tendencies he had before Jesus where he was fighting anger with anger and hate with hate and violence with violence. He persecuted the church and he knows that that's wrong. That's not Jesus' way. And so he's, he's trying to point to the way of Jesus, to live at peace with, his, with people the best of your ability. A good question is, um, have I done everything 
I possibly can do to be a peacemaker? In your life, in your social media, with your friends, with your family, with people you dislike? I think that's an extremely important question. Another um, scripture says this, uh, James 3, people who work for peace in a peaceful way plant a good crop of right living. So working for peace doesn't use the tools of rage and violence, and it doesn't fight just fire with fire. It, it uses a different tool, different way. And it's so important that we use the way of peace to get to a peaceful place. We take a path of peace to a place of peace. And uh, peacemaking, you know, is not ignoring. It's also not igniting unnecessarily. Uh, peacemaking isn't uh, fighting, fleeing, freezing. It is proactive and uh, it is transformative. And, and Jesus actually shows us how to do this. Um, today's sermon is called The Judo of Jesus. And these scriptures that we've been looking at, using good to fight evil, not evil to fight evil, using peace to fight violence, not uh, the tools of violence. I want to talk to you about the judo of Jesus. Now, judo, the way we're defining it for uh, this sermon today is uh, simply this. Judo is the art of turning force meant for harm against itself and into something good. Let me read that again. It's the art of turning force meant to harm against itself and into something good. It converts evil to good. It it, um, turns it, it transforms harm into something healing. It's it's incredible, the judo of Jesus. And people were always picking fights with Jesus, especially religious people. People who, he, he rubbed the wrong way. They didn't like his message. They didn't like his life. They didn't like what he represented. He was offensive to them. And they were always picking fights with him. And he had this way of doing this peaceful judo with them. Look at this verse. This is an example of the judo of Jesus. Ephesians 2, 14 says, For Christ himself has brought peace to us. In his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. Jesus absorbed and converted wrath and anger and partiality and uh, separation between people. And he absorbed that evil. He absorbed that. And through his good action of sacrifice, he broke down the walls. He brought people together and he turned what was meant for evil being put on the cross into something good. Uh, Luke 6, 27 through 28 says this about the judo of Jesus. But to you who are willing to listen, Jesus is saying, listen up. I say to you, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Don't just hate them back. Don't treat them the same way. Bless those who curse you. Speak bad about you. Say terrible things. Use terrible words. Bless them. And pray for those who hurt you. Man, what if, what if the Jesus community, what if the, the church was, were known as people who blessed when other people were cursing them? They blessed them. Uh, what if we were known as, we would pray for those who have hurt us. We pray for them. doesn't mean that we don't speak the truth. It doesn't mean that we don't, that we don't stand up for justice. But we stand for justice in a Jesus way. And we're taught to love our enemies. And in our, our culture, enemies, you know, we... Many of us might think of like old war movies where the enemy's really clear or like, you know, um, 
fantasy uh, movies or stories or sci-fi movies where the enemy is so clear. Um, but in our day and age, I think it's really important to, to, to think of enemies in this cultural framework. Often, our culture treats difference, disagreement, and dislike as an enemy. So the people that are different to us in our culture can be treated like enemies. People that we disagree with because of the culture we live in, that that's, might be an enemy, and they get treated like an enemy. And then people, especially if we disagree with them, and, there's, and walls are built up, and we begin treating people like enemies in our culture. And Jesus has this whole way of diffusing the enemy thing. In our culture, it's like, well, we need to cancel people. We, need to, we, have, we live in the age of outrage, and we're just going like, to cut people out of our life. We're just going to get rid of them. There's no dialogue. There's no relationship anymore. And Jesus says, hey, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Love your enemies. Love your neighbor. And if you, if you don't like your neighbor, if you disagree with them, they're different than you, you dislike them, or you have disdain for them, and they have disdain for you, love your enemy. Uh, Jesus does judo with our hearts when we want to hate someone or dislike somebody. Here's seven moves that Jesus teaches us to become peacemakers. We're going to cover three of these today and the rest next week. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to have dinner with them. And so Jesus went to his home and he sat down to eat. And when a certain immoral woman, you can underline that, immoral woman, probably seen as a prostitute, probably seen as lower class, uh, below the lower class, someone who shouldn't be at this party. When a certain immoral woman came from that city, uh, and heard what he was eating there, she brought a beautiful alabaster jar filled with expensive perfume. Then she knelt behind him at his feet. She kneeled down, says, weeping. Her tears fell on his feet, and she wiped them off with her hair. And then she began, she kept kissing his feet and putting, putting perfume on them. This is an act of of um, worship. This is also an act of humility and honesty with her situation. She knows that she's the lowest of the low. She knows that she's made mistakes. And, and there's like, uh, there's tears of, of regret and shame. And here's where we see the first move that Jesus teaches us in this moment. And this is turning division into dialogue. When the Pharisee who had invited him, invited Jesus, saw this, he said to himself, if this man were really a prophet, he would know what kind of woman is touching him. She's a sinner. Then Jesus answered his thoughts. Jesus could tell by the disdain on his face. And well, Jesus knows Judah, so he can read people. And he says this, it's the first time you know the Pharisee's name, Simon. He said to the Pharisee, I have something to say to you. So Jesus doesn't just write him off, doesn't just blow him off, doesn't treat him like a terrible enemy. Jesus draws him in. He, he turns a moment of division into a moment of dialogue. She's a sinner. Moment of division. This guy doesn't want her in his house, doesn't want her near Jesus. It's causing tension between him and Jesus and others at the party. This is embarrassing to him. He doesn't want someone with this reputation and shame in his house. That brings shame to him, shame to Jesus. She needs to get out. And she's a sinner. And Jesus says, Simon, I want to talk to you. 
And he turns this divisive moment into a moment of dialogue. It's so important to always bring this, I think, into our first step when we're dealing with people. Divided people divide people. I think we're seeing that, that, that Simon is a divided person. He wants to impress his friends, but he also wants to learn the way of Jesus. And he's put in this moment where there's this, um, this dilemma and it's disorienting to him because he wants to learn this way, but this offensive thing's here. The shame is here. This woman's here. He doesn't know what to do. And, and his initial reaction kind of reveals that he's divided. And divided people divide people. He wants to probably cast her out. He wants her to get out. And he might even want to ask Jesus to leave at this point. But he's willing to listen because Jesus says, let's talk. Disrespect drives division. That person's a sinner. That person's a this. That person's a that. When we disrespect each other, they find this online between people and families. If there is disrespect that leads to disdain, that drives division. It, divi- it divides people. And Simon feels disrespected by this woman. He feels disrespect. How dare she? And that's driving his feelings of division. And, and it's so easy to want to be insulted. And we're sometimes we can almost be looking for an insult, like just waiting and anticipating insult and, uh, and disrespect and dishonor. And rather than having a cooler temperament and reserving our judgment, I think this is also true. Dialogue drives discovery. Dialogue drives discovery. Jesus goes through, has a conversation that leads to transformation. It's a transformative uh, moment, but it happens because dialogue, conversation, drives discovery. This is an opportunity to discover something new, see a new perspective, a new reality for Simon the Pharisee, also for the woman, and also for Jesus. Like he's, he's lifting everyone in the room up through this dialogue. And, and th- this is so important right now in our world. I want you to hear this. Contempt kills conversation. Disdain kills dialogue. If we, if we have contempt for somebody or because of their view or because of something they said, and we are unwilling to have a conversation at all, and I get sometimes you need to take a break. You need to like wait till you're not angry. Totally. That makes sense. But if, if we allow contempt to kill the conversation, nobody tra- transforms. Nobody changes. We're not listening to each other. Now, here, this leads to the second move that Jesus teaches us. Turning reaction into reflection and then action. So many of us, like, we'll, we'll, we'll see something, feel something, and, like, that emotion, just like this animal, and it just wants to, wants to react. And that's offensive, and, or that person said this, and, like, our, our mouth just starts moving, and we say things that we wish we could take back, or we say things that we don't even know we should regret. And we just damage, and we leave a whole trail of damaged people, relationships, emotions behind us. And in this, this story, Jesus teaches us this move of turning reaction into reflection and then action. Simon replies to Jesus, says, okay, go ahead, teacher. Tell me what you're going to tell me. Let's, let's dialogue. So Jesus told him a story. A man loaned money to two people, 500 pieces of silver to one and 50 pieces of silver to the other. But neither of them could repay him, so he kindly forgave them both canceling their debts. Who do you suppose loved him more after that? Simon answered. 
Well, I suppose the one for whom he canceled the larger debt. That's right, said Jesus. So Jesus is slowing Simon's reaction down. Simon, reflect with me. Let me tell you a story to help your emotions and help your mind slow down to process. Let's reflect a little bit before we speak, before we act, and before we divide. Learning to suspend judgment is a lost art. In the judo of Jesus, the, the gracious ways of Jesus, he, he was so gracious with people. He's being gracious with Simon. He could just eviscerate him with how self-righteous and sanctimonious and foolish he's being. And uh, he invited him into his home and he's acting this way. And Jesus could just slash him to pieces with his words. And Jesus is suspending judgment and helping him transform by being patient. So suspending judgment is, is an important thing. When you're getting angry, when you want to just react, it's a good thing to just stop and breathe. Just wait. Take a moment to pray. God, help me to react like, Lord, I'm feeling angry. Uh, and just breathe. You know, I've talked about this in the past, like open your hands, like when you're clenching, your jaws clench. When you open your hands, it's harder to just react in anger and just suspend that judgment for a moment. Take time to reflect. And in this era of COVID-19, with all the tensions that we're experiencing, and with all the emotions bubbling up and, and, and things that really need to be talked about, things that are so important that are coming to the surface about race and ethnicity and, and even about how we've seen our country and treated each other in our country in the past. We can't skip the, the time of reflection because if we do, we're just going to react. Our actions and our words are not going to come from a place of love. Let me give you permission for a few things. You don't have to react immediately to everything. You don't. It's okay to slow down. Turn your fast into slow. Just let the, let the RPMs slow down a little bit. Don't rush to judgment. It's okay to disagree and debate. It's okay to disagree and dialogue. And the difference between just debate and dialogue for me, from my perspective, is dialogue is you're, you're debating or, uh, or discussing for the purpose of understanding and, and changing. You're open to what someone else has to say, even if you don't agree with them. It's so important. It's okay to disagree and to dialogue about that. And it's okay to say, I don't know, if you don't know, and if someone's like, well, what about this? What about, this? and you did this, and, and it's so easy to come back, and well, what, about, what about what you did, and, and make it a worse problem? But dialogue is really driving discovery. And if we want to discover truth together, then we got to slow down. It's okay to say, I don't know. It's okay to stop and, and say, I need to educate myself on this. I need to do some reading on this before I move any further with you. And it's even okay to refer to someone else and say, well, what do you think? Or I need to go talk with some people. And, and sometimes just let's close our mouths and, and go learn and come back to the conversation more patient, cooled down, and maybe with some, some knowledge and new perspective. Now, the third move that we're going we're gonna to land on today is turning an enemy into a teacher. Turning an enemy into a teacher. And maybe, just maybe, a friend. Jesus was always doing this. He was turning these moments of division, these moments of disorientation, frustration, anger, judgment, condemnation. He was turning them 
into moments of learning and discovery. And verse 44, then turning toward the woman, he said to Simon. So he's turning toward the woman, but he's talking to Simon. Turning toward the, the shameful offense to Simon. Jesus turns toward instead of away. And he's talking to Simon. And then he says this, do you see this woman? This is probably for me the most important point in, in this teaching with Jesus, in this story with Jesus. Jesus is saying, can you see beyond the label? You know, when Simon looks at this woman, he probably sees prostitute. And Jesus says she is a person. And she may be in the line of work she's in and, and have this, the social stigma and shame on her because of uh, systems of poverty, cycles of poverty, cycles of religious guys like Simon uh, not helping, putting heavy burdens on people in that class and not helping lift them up. And Jesus is, is, is helping Simon remove this blindness to what's really going on and who this woman really is. Some of us, I know for myself, I'll speak for me. I need all the time to ask God, will you help me see the people in my life? I think that's a powerful prayer. God, would you help me see beyond the label? You know, it's so easy to just make someone two-dimensional, one-dimensional. And life is nuanced. Life is complex. It's not just, you know, black or white. There's, there's multi-chromatic reality, multi-dimensional reality. And, and we need to be sensitive to that. And when you don't know someone's story, you, it's so easy to see them as the other, as an enemy and not as a teacher. Simon can't learn anything from this woman who's actually demonstrating worship and love of Jesus in a way that he doesn't understand and doesn't even practice. He has so much to learn from this. Uh, let me ask you this question. Are you able to learn from people who think differently, are different, disagree with you, and maybe dis you dislike? And maybe they dislike you. Can you learn from them? Do you always have to win an argument? Or can you try to win a friend? I think one of the most important things we can do right now if you're a person of faith, is, is just ask, God, would you help me to see people, to see that person, to see that person, and not just label them and not just stop at that label, but to see their heart. There's a song that, that says, it's not us versus them, only people you do or don't understand. And when we seek to understand people, when we listen, when we seek to turn an enemy into a teacher and maybe a friend, like it changes everything. And that's where we become real peacemakers. That's, that's, what, that's what Jesus is doing with Simon. He's, you know, he's understanding Simon's perspective and helping him see a new perspective and bringing two enemies from two different classes, this woman and Simon the Pharisee, a sinner and a saint, and bringing them together in the grace of God. It doesn't get more powerful than that, friends. So I want to invite you to the way of peacemaking. Would you pray this prayer with me? If you're wanting to step into a life of peace and peacemaking in a world that's being torn apart right now, would you pray this prayer, the peacemaker's prayer? And it goes like this. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to make peace between God and humanity. You are the God of all peace and hope. 
I want to commit my life to becoming a peacemaker. Help me to love my neighbors and my enemies the way you love all people, even those who have hated you. Give me patience, forgiveness, and strength to bring peace with my family, my friends, my coworkers, and my world. I ask that your spirit would help me to bring peace, especially to the divisions in my relationships and, and divided world. Help me, Lord, so far as I can influence, to work for peace with all people, all my life. Jesus, I give my plans for my life over to you as my Lord and my Savior. Amen. Hey, Whitewater family. Thanks again for joining us this week. At Whitewater, we believe in creating an environment where you can belong before you believe. If you want to learn more about who we are and what we believe in, visit us at our website, whitewaterchurch.org. If you'd like to contribute to Whitewater financially, you can give online at whitewaterchurch.org give. Or if you want to get involved in blessing our communities or are interested in joining one of our home churches, email us at info at whitewaterchurch.org. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time.